that's a very encouraging thing, right? When, a, when an industry can kind of stand on its own and then how exciting that an individual can also take control of their energy costs, take control of their energy production and no longer be sure. reliant on the large utilities. Thanks for tuning into our Roth podcast. We love having you here and it is our mission to bring you the latest and greatest sustainable tips, skills and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you've got it in you and we're going to show you how. Now, let's rough it. Hello, everybody. Here is Alex from uh, Reducing Our Footprint. It's a um, great pleasure to have here with us today, Jeff Stoker-Lavelle. He is the co-founder and managing partner of Venn Energy, a developer and investor of renewable energy systems in advanced electricity markets around the world with a growing portfolio in Australia and new developments in South Korea and Japan. Uh, Jeff has built his career in the renewable sector over the past 12 years, driven by the goal of striking a harmonious balance between economic growth and environmental responsibility. Jeff, welcome on board. Thanks, Alex. Great to be here. Awesome. I thought we'd start just uh, you know, uh, talking a bit about climate change. It's, it's obviously a very relevant topic, a big topic and uh, top of mind for many people and for our audience. And a lot of people, I think, despair when they hear climate change. And uh, you know, we're all trying to do something to have an impact and change. What makes you hopeful you know, that we can address the huge challenge? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. Obviously, there, there are a lot of reasons. There are a lot of kind of bad news stories about climate change. And I think it's really important to be aware of all those. But it's, it's also important to um, to think about you know the, the positive direction of addressing those issues. And I think one of the things that makes me most hopeful about the future is the growing awareness among just the average public, you and I, the audience, the also out there around the issues of, uh, of climate change and the willingness to personally be part of the solution and also push our government and other leaders to be a part of the, the solution as well. So it, it's that kind of growing groundswell of momentum towards addressing this issue that I think is incredibly important. Uh, and you see that growing around the world. So that, that's a big part of it. And, uh, you know, also the technological solutions that have come up in recent years to address this. And, you know, I think my industry, uh, the renewable energy industry is probably one of the most exciting in that regard given what's just happened in the last 10, 15 years in terms of the growth of renewables in just about every country or world. It's got to be every country around the world now. It's certainly the, the largest growing segment of electricity generation in the world. You know, there's, there's lots of very exciting things to talk about on the large end of the market in terms of policy of um, changing the energy mix from being very coal-dominated, fossil fuels-dominated in, uh, right. in countries around the world and being replaced by solar, in some cases, uh, energy storage, uh, wind, obviously, a big one. And those are all driven by technological advancements, essentially driving the cost of these technologies down as far as possible, increasing the efficiency so that it can be competitive with fossil fuels. And, and now solar is the cheapest form of electricity in the world, uh, and it has been for some time, but you know, recognized universally now around the world as, as being that. And, and that's a huge achievement in fairly short amount of time with fairly little subsidy from from governments really just to get things started at the beginning of the industry. So uh, the technological advancements at the kind of large end of the market in terms of panel manufacturing and those type of technology advancement I've mentioned are encouraging, but also how it impacts the individual. And, you know, we're in the business of building large renewable energy plants, large, uh, large solar plants that are connected to the grid, yeah. uh, powering the grid and energy storage as well to do the same. Um, 
But we're also you know, equally excited about what's happening on the individual consumer level or the, the individual homeowner now has the opportunity to put a renewable energy systems in place in their home or business, subsidize their electricity cost, and to potentially even be a net generator of power, be producing power back into the grid. And so that's bringing up all sorts of new technological challenges, but also great solutions and technologies to address just the way that our energy system has totally changed in terms of the new technologies that are coming in at the top end of the market, uh, these these large solar farms that we're building, but also yeah. the fact that individuals uh, like you and I can now be energy generators you know, for ourselves and for the market. And so that, that, that's really something that's excited, been very exciting and it's something that we're going to continue to see um, grow a lot with the new technological advancements that are happening in the space of energy storage, and battery storage, green hydrogen, yeah. and others. And then, um, and then I guess the third area that, that kind of also makes me uh, you know, positive about the future is the fact that throughout the economy, you see uh, the pressure of, from stakeholders to convince companies to green their supply chain. I know you look at that a lot in, in your work. And... Uh, how companies are doing this, how they could be doing this. I think that's a that's a really exciting area as well as a field that I'm personally involved in, but it gives me smoke. Yeah, I mean, you, you touched upon a few good good points uh, around, uh, you know, what we can do as a, the individual level. Um, so maybe worth elaborating a little bit further on that if, if, if that's, uh, that's okay with you. So you mentioned, you know, emerging trends in terms of battery storage, for example, of course, solar panel costs are being driven down. So that's another advantage for the individual to install solar um, battery storage, as mentioned. And then you also mentioned something around green hydrogen, which is, um, I've, read a, I've read a bit about it, but uh, I think it's something relatively new. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it'd be interesting maybe to share some information about green hydrogen as well with our audience, because I'm not sure if everybody is familiar with what's happening in that space and what green hydrogen really kind of uh, refers to. Yeah. So, um, I mean, two very different uh, kind of applications of the technological advancements that are happening, you know, from yeah. from green hydrogen, which is we're talking, you know, mass scale uh, technology and development. That's that's really kind of alternative solution to petroleum and and, and other fossil fuels that, that are, you know, that are driving our economy. And then and then the other part of that was you know, technological advancements that are impacting the individual like yourself and I in terms of how we can be a part of it and uh, and use these to uh, you know to be a part of the solution I suppose so starting there today we can install solar panels on our roof uh, in our homes and have a fairly short payback period I mean Australia is, is a great place to be to be doing this I'm from Canada and uh, you know there's there's some rooftop development happening in fact I got my start in the industry in Canada doing rooftop development because there was a, a, a great government subsidy program at the time back in 2008. Yeah called the Green Energy Act that provided a very attractive, uh, what's called a feed-in tariff. So a, a price per kilowatt hour of energy produced uh, that the government would pay you for building a, putting a rooftop system on your the roof of your home or, or business. And that was a 20-year contract. But uh, that was something that a lot of governments were putting in place in the early stage of the industry because as a way to stimulate the growth and just subsidize the high cost of system installation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, panel cost was, uh, sorry for the kookaburro uh, cackling in the back. <laughs> <laughs> that was the, um, based on the high cost of uh, installing these panels. And I mean, it's just tremendous what's happened in just such a short span of time. Costs have come down so precipitously that uh, solar, as I mentioned, is the cheapest cost of electricity. Now we don't need government subsidy around the world in order to install these systems, but they're, you know, 
I encourage the audience to to really find out what the incentives are in their municipality and their state yeah. uh, province to to find out there there are oftentimes great rebates in order to to do this and and installers who are very experienced in being able to uh, put these systems into place. You know that the interesting thing now is that this subsidy isn't isn't needed. So that's a very encouraging thing, right? When a, when an industry can kind of stand on its own, and then how exciting that an individual can also take control of their energy cost, take control of their energy production, and no longer be sure. reliant on the large utilities taking a, a large piece of profit just for you know delivering us the power. Now we can do that ourselves. So you know that's dri- driven by solar, but also energy storage. So you're seeing a lot of really good uh, lithium-ion-based uh, battery storage systems going into place in right. people's homes. And that's uh, you know that's kind of the prevailing technology on the energy storage side. And, and on a larger scale, lithium-ion is also being used in uh, large-scale battery storage as well. So that's going to continue to get much more efficient. You know, it's going to be continue to drop in terms of cost of, of what it takes for you to, uh, what it costs for you to be able to store uh, the power you produce from your solar panels so that you can use it yeah. at night. I mean, obviously the big challenge with solar is that it produces power when the sun shines. And so energy storage is, is really the the holy grail of uh, of the industry. Uh, you know, and, and that over the next five years is just going to be remarkable uh, in terms of how you, you see the cost coming down to the point where you're going to say, you know, it's very easy for me to make the decision to be independent from the grid. Yeah, and I guess also with battery storage, the great advantage is that you're, like you said earlier, um, I mean, A, you're powering your home when the sun is not shining, right? But B, if you have a surplus of energy, you can also then, I guess, give it back to the grid. So there's also, you can become a kind of a producer of energy, so to speak. So, yeah, exactly. so that's a fantastic advantage as well for, for households and individuals. So there's sure. one exchange of energy. Yeah, and, and there are all sorts of great technologies and, and uh, business models that are emerging from that opportunity. You know, to be able to, as an individual, sell your power to another individual or sell it on an open exchange, to be able to perhaps um, be a part of a, a community program where it's a sort of joint ownership of uh, these energy, these uh, solar and energy storage systems as well. You know, there's all sorts of great things happening. And, and uh, so it's not just the hard technology itself, the actual physical technology itself, but also the, the software, the apps, the, the new business yeah. models that are emerging from it as well. They're really exciting. Yeah, fantastic. This is really from a household, from a household individual perspective. And then with green hydrogen, you were saying it's more of a, I guess, a large scale alternative energy, right? That, that we could use as an alternative to, to fuel. I was reading recently that it might even be able to be used to generate uh, or to power airplanes in the future. I mean, I don't know. This is just uh, something I was reading. But maybe you can help us understand a bit better what's the difference between traditional hydrogen and green hydrogen, because I think that's something that um, it might not be clear in, in our audience. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a great question. It really just comes down to the source of the electricity used in order to create the hydrogen. Right. So really, that's the difference between gray or brown hydrogen and and green hydrogen. And there's something in between that technicality not worth going into. But basically, you know, are you using fossil fuels to create hydrogen or are you using uh, renewables like solar or wind? And without getting too much into technicalities, which is for somebody much more technically oriented to explain anyway, hydrogen is essentially splitting water, H2O, into its component parts and, and having hydrogen as a fuel source, which when burned produces only water as a, as a byproduct. And so it's, in, it's a you know, perfectly clean source of fuel. The challenge has always been the intense energy cost or the intense energy demand to be able to produce it, which historically would be from from coal or, or other fossil fuel generation. And so 
the, the reason why this is a topic now and hasn't been in the past is because of the drop in cost to produce solar and wind, particularly solar, right. uh, which has seen you know, the biggest drop in, in cost and the highest increase in, in efficiency over the years. So for the same reason why the economics stack up for you to be able to install a system on your rooftop and get paid back in a very short span of time on a grand scale when we're building these, energy, uh, these uh, solar energy systems, the cost to produce that power is very low. The typical value for what we can get for producing that power is starting to shrink as well, which is on one hand, it means that our revenue model for the business has to adapt to that as well. But the really exciting thing is as that energy is that the cost to produce that energy starts to shrink even more, that becomes a very viable way to be able to create green hydrogen. Yeah. So so, so that's, that's what's happening now, especially when we're talking about using these incredibly enormous uh, solar energy systems. Australia has a, a bunch that are in development at the moment combined with an electrolyzer to be able to create uh, green hydrogen. So these are right. sort of massive plants that are used to be powered by renewables and, and create hydrogen, which is then used either locally in the, in the country or could also be stored and, and shipped to other countries around, for instance, around Asia from Australia. You, you know, you've got so many, and there's so many great indications from governments like South Korea, Japan, and, and even China now uh, about about how they're, they plan to green up their, their industry and their economies. I mean, China has announced that they're looking to go carbon neutral by 2060. I mean, that is a massive commitment. You know, obviously we need to see the detail behind that, but there's no doubt that hydrogen will be a part of that solution. And, you know, this, this has huge implications for industries like, like mining you know, that are incredibly energy intensive and, uh, and could perhaps be independent from having to use like diesel generation, which is traditionally what they've been using, which is crazy, you know, the, the environmental cost of that and also just the, sure. the actual cost of shipping diesel out to these mining sites. So now, now could have an alternative. It's interesting you mentioned China, and, and we've I've spoken about this also in the past, but um, it's interesting how you mentioned China and how China is a kind of a pioneer in development of green hydrogen. And it, it was also a pioneer, as you've explained to me, uh, also in uh, driving, I guess, to the solar panel industry and cost down, right? To hit, mm-hmm. to hit the point where the unit cost per panel really, or per, per watt really, uh, is, is, is low enough for people to adopt it uh, you know, at a mass scale and, and to install it on their, on their housing. So uh, I think right. also China's, I was reading also with, you know, transport when it comes to, I mean, aside from the uh, high-speed rail, right, it covers the entire country. I mean, they, they've really been uh, exceptionally successful at, at, at connecting the country through their high-speed uh, rail system, which is now probably one of the most uh, efficient and mm-hmm. best in the world. And similarly with electric cars, I've been reading as well that there's some local Chinese manufacturers that have, solely investing in developing electric cars, so moving completely away from any type of fuel, um, petrol or diesel-powered vehicles just to pioneer, again, that, that, uh, that transport uh, industry revolution, right, to, to electric. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know if, if there's anything else that you, uh, you might wish to share about, about this uh, since you're more involved in the, in the industry. Uh, you know, I think you addressed it. I mean, that's, that's really the, the key thing is, is how... You know, China's played a, a, such a major role in our industry. You, you mentioned driving costs down. You know, that's something that it, it's hard to imagine any other country really being the source of such or being the you know, driving force behind such rapid drop in cost in, uh, in, in this type of technology and proliferation of uh, high quality product. And China has been. And 
all the kind of political concerns aside between uh, countries like Canada and Australia and, and China, uh, you know, which does pop up all, all the time from now and then. Uh, and, uh, and certainly it seems to be particularly hot right now, especially in Australia. But, you know, that aside, the, the country has been incredibly effective at helping to drive costs out of solar industry by funding consolidation of the industry. Now, it's to the detriment of, unfortunately, countries in Europe that had great technology and great, uh, great business models and, and production, but were just washed out by essentially China as a, as a central measure funding the, this industry to be able to consolidate and, and undercut the cost of um, solar panel production in Europe. Uh, solar panel production in the U.S. So, you know, obviously unfortunate for those those businesses there, but they just weren't able to keep up. And, you know, as a result, now all the major top tier, top tier uh, module manufacturers are all based in China. And it's, a, and it's a massive industry. And, you know, so unfortunate that we don't have a very thriving industry of panel production in other parts of the world. But um, on the upside, you know, we have this, you know, very competitive industry right now which is allowing for us to green up our, our uh, energy grids around the world much quicker than we probably would have without it. And so, yeah, they went, as, as I said earlier, you know, they, once they, they jump in with two feet, makes a big rumble, and we expect to see the same thing happen in energy storage. It's already happening. You know, green hydrogen, uh, lithium ion, all sorts of energy, uh, energy efficient vehicles or uh, electric vehicles, uh, and that's a huge area. Yeah. I guess my next question, uh, Jeff, is um, you know more specifically around uh, what you guys are doing with with Ven, you know, and uh, we've you know obviously touched upon some of the key challenges that we've definitely faced, some of the key trends that are really happening now. But um, how do you guys fit into this picture? I guess with Ven, how are you addressing this this challenge, and and, and why? I guess why also Australia, right? You you mentioned earlier you're from Canada, so why why now uh, Australia is a focus to you? Sure. Yeah, it's a good question. You know, what's really attracted to attracted to us about Australia is the fact that it's a triple A AAA credit rated economy. You know, one yeah. of the only one of only a few triple uh, A rated countries in the world, which means that we can achieve uh, very low cost of capital when building these projects. That we can deliver more of them uh, at a cheaper cost, and uh, you know, a very strong regulatory regime here, very very good rule of law, and all those other things that obviously come with triple A rating, but a clear path for development, developing of these projects, uh, clear and open a path for, for developing. We've developed projects in, uh, my partners and I have developed projects in many other parts of the world, including many emerging economies. And uh, I mean, it's just an entirely different path to having, you know, finalized projects there, uh, a very right. um, winding path and difficult to, to predict. Um, whereas in Australia, everything's very clear up front and allows you to also be able to provide confidence to your investors that, uh, you know, when we put money to work at developing projects here, that we will have success. And you know, what's really exciting for us is the fact that this is an evolving, evolving market where there's, uh, it's the biggest factor for us really is the fact there's a, there's a massive, um, there are massive coal plants all around the country that are planned to shut down in the next decades. And, uh, yeah. and we'll probably, the, the, uh, the winding down of those will probably accelerate now as the, as the cost of renewables drop and the cost to maintain these plants increase. So that will have to be replaced with an alternate form of energy. And, and, and that will most likely yeah, be dominated by solar and energy storage. And so for us, it's just a huge market opportunity. And, and the fact that there are lots of great economic factors that are supporting that uh, and creating more opportunity for developers like ourselves. 
yeah. to be to be not only energy producers but also to be involved in in the energy market in a, in a bigger way. So being able to you know uh, sell our power to individuals, sell our power to to corporations, this uh, sort of privatized energy electricity market really really makes that possible, and that's what's uh, really attractive to us about Australia. Yeah, and I guess uh, I, um, you know that's also probably shifted right over the over the last years. It, it probably was more government driven maybe in the past, but now. Um, you mentioned, I mean, also with you guys looking at Australia as an attractive market to uh, to invest in, uh, I guess there's been more and more private sector uh, investment, right, uh, in, in the energy in the energy industry and energy department. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, how do you, I mean, do you think that is, why is that, you know, really important and effective uh, for, from your perspective? Yeah, you know, I, I think as in, in general for any solution to the climate change concerns that we have, it really has to be driven by the private sector. You know, and, it, mm. and, and yet it's very hard to get there without early stage government support, subsidy, policy making. That's, that's really crucial to all of this. And, and they, you know, around the world, we've seen, we've seen great leadership in certain states countries around the world that have that have taken part in this but um, you know it's it's also a really important step in order for the government to be able to back out of that market and provide the role of strong regulation uh, and strong policy but to not have to necessarily be driving the development for instance of of new energy plants forward by funding them themselves but rather just set in place the policy in order for those projects to um, get built in a safe and efficient way and, uh, and and for the private sector to take over. So that, that's what we're seeing. That's what's happened. It's really critical, I think, in, in our sector, but also in many others as well. Private sector needs to needs to pay, play a driving force. And when you can when you can find that sweet spot where business sees it as a great investment opportunity and where it also has this kind of environmental benefit, as we're seeing now. I mean, I mean, that's just a, you know, it's a beautiful thing to see. Great point of the industry. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you uh, 100%. I think it's also important to have, you know, all the, uh, all the stakeholders uh, have to kind of align, right? I mean, you need government support and you need private sector and you also need um, uh, individuals, right, to embrace, uh, to embrace the change. Uh, that's what we also, you know, with Adroff, we often discuss, you know, how important all the, it is for all of these stakeholders to align if we want to make really a change, uh, be it in energy or be it in, in waste or be it, uh, in, in, you know, in, in different industries as well. I guess then just bringing it, bringing it to, you know, bringing it back to, I guess, more the individual level, I guess, just um, for you, I guess, personally, you know, what's uh, been so important to, you know, in terms of being part of the solution and in embracing also this, this change and, and being part of the, of this industry? Yeah. Um, you know, you touched a really, a really good point. The fact that, you know, it's the, the people are a really important part of the, the puzzle. And, you know, when you talk about government, you're really talking about individuals, right? I mean, it's all, we, we elect these people to represent us and, um, and in our democracies, at least we do. So, you know, it's, it's really important. It's a really important factor for people to be well-informed through the type of initiatives that you guys are doing at Roth and through, you know, accurate, accurate media reporting on the issues and, and what's happening out there. So, you know, that's, that's, that's where there's hope for the future is, is people getting more involved, people pushing the message with their elected officials and encouraging them to uh, represent their interests and their concerns uh, in policy. Yeah. And so, um, so certainly the individuals are really important and also to be taking the steps they can individually to be a part of the solution as well. You know, for me, that's both important and exciting to be involved in it personally because of the the constantly changing landscape of our industry. You know, I've been in the industry for now for 12 years, and it just seems like every six months something is changing dramatically. Yeah, the business models are changing. The 
the type of the, the mix of investors and lenders you have in the market is constantly changing uh, from, you know, beginning with venture investors who viewed this market as a pretty high risk, but potentially a great high return uh, kind of investment. And now every pension fund and, and superannuation fund in the world is jumping with both feet and saying, you know, they're not already heavily invested in, in these uh, sectors looking to to do so as quickly as possible because they they realize that uh, that this is the future. So yeah, it's incredibly exciting for us to be in an industry that presents this growth opportunity, um, both of our business, but also of our careers and, and career challenges as well. You know, just looking on the horizon to green hydrogen. I mean, that that's an entirely different thing to to solar energy, um, an entirely different set of challenges and and uh, and risks and uh, and rewards. And so, yeah, that's what's pretty exciting for me. I grew up with grandparents who were fervent environmentalists. They uh, they lived in a in, in a cabin on um, Vancouver Island, west coast of Canada. And we're incredibly active in, um, in in the local community, standing up for environmental concerns and against um, uh, against a lot of development projects that were threatening native uh, native species and habitat and so on. And 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 that was a um, they were great role models for me, and and uh, it, was, it really informed my interest in you know the environmental movement or con- concerns mm-hmm. toward it. But um, and and my father was on the other end in business and had a had a career that involved. Land development. Uh, at one point, he developed a golf course, and um, he uh, he was an you know, investment professional as well, investment banking, and invested in, in a lot of other areas related to uh, economic growth and and development of of property of land. And uh, and he's probably my my biggest role model in life. And so, you know, w- what was really interesting is to see those two interests kind of come together in our family and talk about these concerns of environmental uh, impact of developments like golf courses or new uh, trip malls going up and so on. And, and so my motivation has always been to try to strike that balance between sustainable economic growth that could you know, support the, the goals of, of society um, while also maintaining responsibility for the environment. And that's, it feels like we're, we're starting to approach that now. Fantastic. Um, thanks very much, Jeff, for you know, sharing all of your insights and also what, what you guys do at Venn. It's um, very inspirational and really great to, to, to share this with our audience and, and to have you on board. I guess, look, just to conclude, is, is there anything else you would like to um, share or any other message you would like to convey before we, um, we uh, close off the session? I guess the last, the last thing would just be to encourage people to, um, to le- learn a little bit more about, um, about how they can adopt renewable energy into their into their life uh, or into yeah. their, their their business, and again, that's a, speaking from a personal uh, invested interest in that because uh, you know we don't we don't work in that that space, but you know, there are a lot of great uh, programs uh, around the world that can allow the individual homeowner or business owner to potentially reduce their energy cost while also adopting renewables into their their space, and I think that's a really exciting thing to do, and a lot of people just don't have the opportunity to or aren't aware of it. And it's 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 uh, with a with a quick search you can kind of find out more about it and say, hey, we could be saving some dollars here uh, while also doing good. So great, I, I encourage people to look into it more. Fantastic, thanks again uh, for coming on board today, and um, yeah, wishing you all the best with uh, with you know Van Energy here in, in Australia. Thank you, great to great to be here. I love what you guys are doing at Roth, and um, all the best luck. Look forward to following in the future. Fantastic, thanks a lot. Thanks for tuning in to our podcast. 
We hope you enjoyed the talk and got a lot out of it. A big thank you also to our guest speakers. Stay tuned for more sustainable talks and tips. Bye for now.